Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'm the Gnarly Gnome. This is Cincy Brewcast. Uh, uh, you knew that because you clicked on it. Uh, hopefully, you're not just randomly going out there and clicking on podcasts. Although, I assume now with like YouTube and stuff like that, like there are people that just like see like videos pop up and they randomly click on them. And if they see your face, I mean, he's good looking. I gotta click on that. So maybe, maybe there's <laughs> maybe. Uh, this is a fun show. This is one that uh, we've been trying to get scheduled for a while. Uh, you guys are generating a lot of buzz lately. Uh, coming up to your opening, which for us in real time is coming up this weekend. When you guys are listening to this, it just happened. Or if you're listening to it in ten years, it happened ten years ago, and uh, they've outgrown their their space and are cranking out tons of beer and are stressed out and don't know what to do with themselves <laughs> this is this is your first time on the podcast right i think it's the second we did one for uh speak of the devil day two That's years ago right. oh yeah i was probably a little a little lit for that well i mean yeah we were drinking 15 yeah. percent barrel aged stouts yeah. <laughs> i remember that now. <laughs> it, was, it was wasn't it like early in the morning oh, it was too? definitely a rough morning yeah <laughs> Apparently, that's uh, the thing you like to do when you go to street side is drink 15% stouts early in the morning. Sometimes that's, a, that's a, about all you can do. <laughs> John Evers, welcome back to the show. Um, Fabled Brewworks is where we're at now. And before we kind of dive into the story about this place, let's let's get through your story a little bit. Uh, people probably know you from a couple places around town. Right. Um, start, I, don't, I don't want to tell your story for you. You, you. you roll through kind of how your journey through craft beer has ended here. Uh, I got my start... Seven something years ago at uh, Listerman Brewing Company, I took a job as a part-time brewer, part-time delivery guy. Worked my way up through the years there. I spent probably about five and a half, six years there. Worked my way up to lead brewer. Um, left there to go be the head brewer at Streetside for two years. Had some fun, made some great beers there, made some good friends there, and then. Um, Probably about eight, nine months ago. Probably, well, me and my friends have been working on this project for like five years. Five years ago, fizzled out a bit. We came back to it about like nine months to a year ago. And we're like, we want to give this a real shot. We got the opportunity to do this. And we all said, heck, let's go go for it. And the time's now if we're ever going to try to open our own place. <laughs> so it's me and four friends. We've been, I mean, we've been grinding here a lot of, a lot of long hours, but... Well, it's it's interesting to me too because if you had done this project kind of uh, pre your stint at Listerman, it would have looked very different than what you've learned since then. Uh, and you, you know what you love about brewing, what you love about beer, has kind of evolved and changed too. Oh, for sure. I mean, I there's no, if we would have tried to open this before, I spent all the time I did at the place I have there's no way I would have been able to put up the quality of beer that I have now. I've learned so much from Listerman and Streetside and my knowledge. I mean, it just keeps growing. It's just been a great ride of learning from all the people I've had the ability to learn from. What is it? Uh, what, what are some of the things that kind of when you started early on in that, uh, that journey as a, as a brewer in this industry to where you are today, what are the things that have changed versus, versus not? I mean, the biggest things that have changed is what I mean in just beer is just what is popular and like it's great to see like yeah. when I was first <laughs> when I first got into beer like New England's weren't even a thing I pushed for Listerman to 
to do New England's and can them. Uh, they let me take the ability to write the first one that ever got canned in Cincinnati, which was Brass Monkey, which was great beer. Yeah, yeah. it's a great release. Yeah, I mean that release was insane. So <laughs> um, like now we're actually starting to see traditional beers come back and seeing that is real nice because that's I mean as you right now yeah. drinking Mexican lager. I mean that's my go-to and it's cool to see that become more popular. But I also think people's minds have also expanded to where they're, they want to try different things. They don't want just to have say all traditional or all crazy fruity beers. They want to be able to have a little bit of everything. Well, and I think it kind of, uh, not that people can't come back from it and kind of re define who they are, but like, you know, for both of those breweries, both Listerman and street side, like they, they were so early on in some of those trends and some of those things that I think people still associate them with something. So coming into a place uh, like Fabled, where you can come in with this kind of fresh, clean slate of, uh, yeah, we make we make big, giant, stupid, you know, uh, pastry stouts. Uh, we make New England IPAs. We we make mead. Yeah, <laughs> we, there's all of the stuff that is already here, and it's like you're just starting from this big, wide spectrum of what the industry looks like right now. And like, again, not that other places can't do that but they have this personality that's already developed and you're, you're kind of coming into this and like yeah hey, I, I, you know, we're gonna make it all yeah that, I mean, that's what we want to be known for we want to be able to hit execute the new england's the like what what i'm known for like the new england's and the pastry sauce but i can also brew a really nice lager and well, like and that's, that's also the thing. i think that's kind of like this is a great i'm looking at the camera right now this is a great mexican lager and that's something that like uh even trying your beers before like if somebody said oh what does what does john make uh, mexican lager wouldn't be at the top of my list of what i think you do great right. which is which is i know silly and i know probably offensive but, <laughs> <laughs> but this is a great beer and i hope that like uh giving this this kind of uh refresh to uh your personality and what people expect from you kind of gives them a, an opportunity to jump in and be like yeah, this is this is a great mexican lager that's part of of who you are right i appreciate that yeah that's i just want to have us have a well-rounded tap list that we can invite anybody here and keep them here for hours and have a great beer the whole time they're here on drinking all right let's uh let's let's dive into the place a little bit uh, fabled brewworks you said you you guys started the idea um a, a long time ago uh, five plus years ago look at me yeah yeah, yeah come on in here, here. How close are you comfortable? <laughs> uh, introduce yourself, because uh, this is the first time we've met, too. John Lawler, one of the co-owners here at Fabled. Uh, so, how long ago did this idea really kind of... Uh, and I know that's probably a hard question, because everybody talks about it with their friends. Oh, you know, we should start a brewery. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, That's exactly how it started. Um, I'd say probably five to six years ago, realistically. I mean, we started looking in the general greater Cincinnati, Northern Kentucky area about that time, looked at a bunch of different properties, never found anything that really suited. And then, you know, kind of abandoned any serious look at it uh, for a while from, you know, the middle of 2020 on, um, and then picked it back up in earnest maybe a year and a half ago at this point. Like when you guys kind of abandoned the idea before, was it just because of because of COVID and because of just not knowing yeah, where the industry really was going? Yeah, not really functioning society to put a business into <laughs> sure. was the main deterrent there. I'm glad that you <laughs> think society is functioning right now. <laughs> I mean, it's doing its best. 
it's more functioning now for the purposes of uh, making making a brewery at least. But yeah, it was it was purely based on that. Uh, and then we just sort of realized, you know, it was a good point in time to pick it up a little more seriously. Right. And then just kind of went went full bore on it and have been ever since at this point. I mean, this is uh, this place is no joke. Like this is. Uh, I've only tried one of the beers. The beer. I'm assuming that all of the beer is great. Uh, that's my assumption. That's I think that that should be yeah. should be a given uh, in today's kind of world of craft beer. But uh, the tap room, like you guys, you guys didn't uh, uh, didn't cut any corners here with what this this the. I don't want to call it a theme because I I feel like that makes it feel kind of cheap and uh, gimmicky. This immersive um, experience. Oh, this there immersive <laughs> experience. There we go. <laughs> Um, the, so fabled Brewworks, tell me from you guys, uh, from your perspective, like what, what is fabled Brewworks? How do you kind of give somebody the elevator pitch of what this is? Yeah. I don't think you can necessarily give it without acknowledging the beer first, despite, you know, uh, as you mentioned, sort of a standard that is reached in a lot of places, but our intention is to have kind of the best beer in the area that covers, runs the gamut of all different styles, but also offer people a unique is the main word we'd lean toward, you know? I've said before, I like to hear from people I've never seen that before, you know, in terms of uh, the brewery experience. So we give them a means to find something new, uh, find something special and find something like John mentioned before, uh, just kind of spend a lot of time here each visit. You know, right. I'd rather someone come and sit in our sectional, hang out a while, you know, explore all the different decor we've worked on, all the different aspects to it over the course of four flights, then pop in, you know, chug a lager i guess and then which you, you can also you, do you can i'm not limiting anyone's <laughs> desires or experiences but I, I, you know you see a lot of that it, to me it, it's a very low sort of barrier to entry yeah. for that particular experience but there are very few places where you would be able to go the step further and say oh i go here all the time i go here once a week i stay you know invite people bring groups of friends for whatever reason you know, anything right. you come up with, hopefully we've got a way to support you. Well, um, I mean, there's, there's lots of, like, I'm, I'm going to try not to use the, uh, the nerd term, uh, <laughs> too much in, in the show, but it's going to get thrown out a couple times. <laughs> there are some of those things that like, uh, I've never dove in deeply into kind of the, the fantasy, uh, uh Renaissance festival, uh, you know, the, uh, Lord of the Rings, you know, the, any of that stuff. Like I've never dove deeply into that. And, um, I think part of it was a, um, like a fear, uh, when, when you're younger, you're trying to fit in with something and, sure. uh, trying not to, uh, fall into a different crowd. And, um, there, I think there are a lot of people that beer can be that thing that brings them into this place that they can feel comfortable. And then you go, you take a leak and there's a bunch of things on the wall and a bunch of stories. And you say, oh, man, I've never really, I don't, I don't understand all that. I don't know anything about the Hobbit. Yeah. And then you come back to the bar and you just kind of casually mention, and then it starts a conversation and you start talking about this whole other thing that uh, probably a lot of people here are passionate about that. You can kind of start diving into this whole other whole other side of mm -hmm. something that you've never explored before. Like there, there are a lot of breweries where you can talk beer and that's, oh, yeah. it's easy now. Like it's easy to walk into a brewery and find somebody that's willing to talk about the merits of a Mexican lager versus a uh, traditional German lager. You know, there's uh, you know, that's easy. This is a whole different side of things to start different conversations that 
gets me really excited that gets me uh pumped about sitting down at the bar and just talking to people yeah i think that's a good way of looking at it uh, one point of note on that i guess is that from my experience too it's like i think it's an age demographic thing as to where quote nerddom if you right. will your fantasy your your comic books things that in you know and i don't know where the, the age limits <laughs> split but you know <laughs> if you grew up in the 80s arguably that was sort of not an outsider yeah. hobby, like without question. You had your satanic panic and everything around Dungeons and Dragons and all that. Anymore, I'd say starting with the Lord of the Rings films in 2001, and now, I mean, how many decades I mean, have we had Marvel movies be the top selling things? Sure. It's that's now the mainstream. I mean, also Stranger Things. I mean, they Stranger Things. Yeah, yeah. there's all absolutely there's all kinds of cultural touchstones that are in that fantasy sci-fi realm that used to be the exception sure. and now are the standard. And so you not only have people who maybe missed that boat due to any number of reasons, yeah. you also have the people who grew up with it, whether they self-identify self uh, in that universe or whether uh, they just are, you know, <laughs> just the, the, an average person, if you want to say well, no, that way, what, versus, what, you know. I think, you know, when I, when I throw the nerd word mm -hmm. out there, I, I want everybody to understand. And I think that most of the people that listen to this show understand we're all nerds about something. And if you're listening right. to this show, you're a nerd about beer. You're a beer nerd. I don't care what you think mm -hmm. otherwise. We're all nerds about something in our lives. And, but again, like, you know, and I'm probably speaking to people my age or, or older, like there was this, there was this fear of being a nerd and not realizing that if you're a jock and you play basketball, you're a basketball nerd. <laughs> and like, like, I think that people didn't kind of understand that in one generation. And we're kind of uh, opening up to this other realm now where you can, you can be interested in lots of different things. Right. I think that stigma or any, any pejorative around that term has essentially disappeared and people tend to wear it as a badge of pride for their specific niche whatever yeah. it is but we're also never going to see like a like a gym where people are working out that uh has some way to open people up to uh fantasy uh novels or oh, never to say never <laughs> how much money we'll make here how many gyms we can open i don't know how like i don't know how i, was like, I don't know how what like, are our owners would not yeah, be against that be, i mean be a bad mesh of things but that's the cool thing about a craft brewery or a tap room is that i mean and hopefully this will kind of get people thinking very differently about uh some of those ideas of like oh yeah. my god like you can take anything that you're passionate about and wrap it into a an idea and a tap room and a space and a a thing and uh not only have a place where people can just sit and have a beer and like man i don't i don't really i don't really care about any of that stuff i just want to sit here and drink beer yeah no problem but there's also this other side to yeah. it that you can kind of start to uh, kind of work your way into if you want to. Yeah, and that was a lot of the impetus in the branding we chose, specifically calling it Fabled is intentionally broad in the sense that you cover fables, folklore, myth, legend, tales, whatever. You know, the aesthetic leans toward more fantasy realm than anything um, for practical reasons as much as anything else, you know, um, and that's a lot of what we grew up with that we liked uh, right. the most as kids. But you know, it can be any, a fable's anything, you know, you're talking, it could be fairy tales, it can be comic books, it can be sure. films, stories, Shakespeare, anything. So it's, it's purposefully broad uh, for everything you're saying that you can come in and you can talk to like-minded people about whatever it is you're interested in, right. you know, and nothing's really, uh, everything falls under that umbrella. 
Let's talk about the aesthetic a little bit. Let's let's tell people some of the details they can expect when they come into the tap room. Uh, we've we've seen lots of little hints and teasers mm-hmm. on social media as yeah. you guys have been building it out. Uh, brilliantly done, by the way, too, of getting people kind of excited about seeing what this place is. Uh, when you're listening to this, it's open. Uh, come down here to the tap room and kind of experience it for yourself. But mm-hmm. when you do, what can people expect? Yeah, I mean, uh, at the risk of giving every detail away without visiting in person, uh, we essentially tried to have sections um, throughout that are, you know, reminiscent of particular elements of this kind of open air fantasy market, in essence, is sort of the overarching uh, visual concept. So, you know, what we intended to have, starting from the right side, you have sort of a a commercial area, if you will. So we've got a a bookstore and a potion store with uh, actual books and potions in them. Uh, We've got our merchandise, uh, all of our actual branded uh, material for sale on a an old timey march cart that we built out in the middle of the court. Uh, the, everything around the bar is really um, sort of the nature and tree aesthetic. So it's you know our logo is our kind of t- gnarled, twisted, creepy kind of eyeball tree guy. Who needs a name? Who doesn't have one right now? Um, but behind the bar is a tree, an actual tree that we found um, from Ohio Wood Connection. So they did a bunch of work it's for this. So cool. It's, it was the luckiest find in history for us to come across that. So we have that stationed behind the bar, and then the bar top itself is uh, two big slabs of ash that we finished out. Um, the tabletops also fit that. They're all done from, well, all but two are done from uh, some fallen ash trees that some friends of ours had in their yard. So we milled those, um, kiln dried them, and finished them into tabletops. Two of the, the two round ones came from uh, the same supplier as our uh, bar top pieces then our bathrooms as sort of as you traverse you know you go from it's hard to call it urban but the you know the storefront <laughs> segments over to like sort calling of a it forest, urban that's kind of fun. A forest <laughs> aesthetic to more of a rural village corner where you've got the bathrooms done up to look like cottages and then to the left of that is sort of an enchanted forest look where uh, one of our other owners mike did a backdrop there on the wall uh, with paint and then we took our extra mill cuttings from all the tabletops and turn them into sort of a, an eerie forest look. And then inside the bathrooms, um, we had our wives and girlfriends spent an inordinate amount of time <laughs> taking uh, book pages and putting them in as wallpaper in there. I'm a big fan of um, tiki bars and kind of mm-hmm. the detail that goes into uh, the experience of walking into a tiki bar yeah. and the ex- just that, that kind of immersive mm-hmm. thing. And this gives me flashes of that yeah. just done in a very different kind of uh, it's probably the aesthetic. It's probably the thatch gets getting you. The thatch gets it, maybe. Uh, the the, the, the oh, thunderstorm in the, the ceiling. I didn't even get to the ceiling. That's Mike will be so mad. So our, Mike, uh, our owner Mike spent, uh, again, a, a large amount of time, an upsetting amount of time, putting uh, these polyfill clouds on the ceiling. And they're, they're twofold, not only for the aesthetic, and the, they, they do have a couple of them have a lightning effect in them for one gets uh, stormy out but they also help with sound deadening so we needed to kind of get you know the stupid brilliant solution for that by the way well thanks (laughs) thrilled to hear that (laughs) Um, but turned out well but it all like it 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 does this this thing that like kind of separates you a little bit away from it and again not to take away from the beer the beer is has to be extremely great but it takes you away from it a little bit and brings you into some kind of bigger experience that is becoming so important you 
you can get a great beer anywhere. I can I can walk down to just about any bar in the city and get a great beer. Uh, it's that next step beyond that mm-hmm. that I think separates an incredible place from just your average spot to a, a, a terrible spot. Like it's yeah. it's the experience of what it means and what it feels like, and um, this this steps it up a bunch of notches. And I think. I appreciate that. I, I think exactly it what we're shooting for. makes me really excited for how everybody else looks at this now. I'm like, okay, now what do we have to do to kind of step up our game and kind of shift how we're doing things to yeah. um, to to let people understand who we are from the space? Mm-hmm. And that uh, that's hard to kind of come out of the gate and do that. That's <laughs> and that's exactly what we're trying to like come out swinging with you know something that's the best we could do day one in terms of both the the tap room build out and and the tap list i mean you know you see it's, it's going to be a lot of stuff for, yeah. for a day one opening yeah and a lot of varied you've styles. got a lot of people chatting about that already good um that's what we're really well, driving yeah. to make that be the statement that you know it's cliche you get one chance to make first impression and all that but it's it's everything you're saying about you know sort of looking at existing competition and how the, the market was sort of so hot for so long yeah that you really didn't have to do a whole lot to succeed sure and that's not a knock on anything it's just a fact of the matter where it's just you it, it was so so successful that you could just do almost anything and you're gonna yeah. be okay and obviously markets fluctuate and so now you know on the downside of that extreme uh, sort of level of heat on it it's it does require a little more than it has in the past and so i think that's what where we came at it from sure yeah let's drink some beer Sounds good. Uh, First thing, if you want to try, this will be the New England IPA. It'll be Misty Mountain. Misty Mountain. All right. Tell me about the beer. Uh, Galaxy, Nectron, Citra are the three hops. I went with something that the owners probably weren't as happy when they saw the bill for the hops. But, I mean, it's some of my favorite hops. And I I know a lot of people don't use Nectron nearly enough. And it's one of my favorite hops personally. So just, no, that's great. It uh, it's a very familiar. This is um, this is New England IPA from from what New England IPA is uh, kind of supposed to be, in my opinion. There's right. that spectrum has kind of drifted a little bit. You get those kind of lighter, juicier, fluffy things. You get the ones that now are kind of borderline West Coast versus right. New England kind of battling, and and this is just. This is uh, I don't want to call it perfect, but this is this, if you're if you're describing a New England IPA, this is yeah, appreciate. I went back to like kind of what I used to do, just the heavy, heavy oats. I mean, so it makes it nice and soft and pillowy, gives it a little creamy bit, creaminess to it, and then again, just hitting it with just in my opinion, some of the best hops out there, and just yeah, a lot of a lot of peach, a lot of citrus, a lot oh, yeah. of um. Ah, man, this is summertime in a glass. I appreciate that one. That's fantastic. I was a little nervous. It was the first New England on the system, so I was like, oh, let's see how it goes. And it's also learning all new systems is just a little touch talk, and go. And Talk just, about that a little bit, because you, you've, you've brewed on a couple different systems. How do you decide the first thing to brew on a new system? Uh, for the, so the first thing we did, what we brewed here was a blonde ale, and I wildly miss gravity on it. And it's just learning just like every little tweak on things just like i'm like all right came in 10 points lower than i expected to be but it, you know it'll be all right it's a blonde ale and that's why we went from there and just we wanted to start off light and then work our way up because I, th- I think it was i want to say it was blonde ale 
two loggers and then two stouts and uh just every batch just tweaking a little bit and just dialing in every little process because uh the company we ordered from abs and they were here for the first brew and they're like yeah here's how you do it i'm like and they're like all right good luck i'm <laughs> like fun <laughs> thanks bud but, i mean they, they really did show me a lot and i mean it's it's all the same process just learning valves on every different like machine you work on so it's like wasn't that big of a change but just dialing everything in just uh fine-tune it to exactly where it needs to be take some time but i mean i think efficiency yeah, yeah efficiencies yeah just the kettle i mean we gotta we can boil some beer here real real <laughs> good i mean that well, that works. Again, yeah. anybody that uh, that knows kind of your personality from other places you've been at uh, gets people pretty excited about what the uh, potential for some of the things that can come out of the oh, system. Yeah, <laughs> I'm excited. I mean, we we got our first stout ready to go into barrels, and it's just I'm so sad to wait a whole year for that thing to <laughs> be ready to come well, out. You can sneak a little bit out this winter. Yeah. <laughs> We're possibly looking to do some small batch, like some smaller barrels stuff to where it could mature faster. So right. that is a possibility we're looking yeah. into just so where we can get some things on tap for that style. Um, th- how do you, how do you kind of keep growing as a brewer when, when you are kind of known for something, be it a new England IPA or a kind of a bigger uh, pastry stout or whatever it is. How do you, as a as a person, kind of keep kind of pushing yourself into trying new things and growing? So, luckily, all of us are huge beer nerds, and we go to beer festivals. There's, const- that, there's that word again, nerd. Yeah, got it. I mean, we're. I mean, we go to a beer festivals constantly, and they like if I'm not going, they're going, and they're bringing back different types of bottles and everything, and I'm just kind of like seeing, getting. I get lucky enough to try so many different beers, and I'm like. Ooh, that gives that beer gives me an idea for this beer, and then my palate changed over time to where all I used to drink was pastry stouts, New England's, right. and now all I drink is lagers. So that's now developing like that love for brewing different types of lagers. Right now, I got a German pills in the fermenter that I'm very excited about. Like, and you would ask me three years ago, would I ever be brewing a German pills? <laughs> the answer would be no. But it's just developing my palate more and more, and just trying different things and. That's how I've been lucky to be able to grow pretty fast just with because we go to all these best beer festivals and get a try all the top rated breweries and it's just growing and learning from them pretty much. Does it get in your head a little bit like people are going to walk in here expecting uh, something that you've brewed somewhere else or? Uh, I hope since it's a brand new place, they come up with like a open mind and just want to try. I mean, I think. Some of the beers will be... I mean, hopefully the thunderstorm distracts them long enough that they forget. Right. <laughs> There'll be reminiscence of other beers, but I think there'll just be a new takes on things, and hopefully I've learned new techniques and developed more things and different styles of where beers are even better than they used to be. Did you get that at all coming from the Listerman to Street Side? Did you get people kind of expecting you to fall into some kind of um, preconceived... I feel like, yeah, I think most of the people just expected just a bunch of stouts, pretty much. Because, I mean, Streetside already, we know, does great New England IPAs. Right. The stouts, I think people were just wanting that a lot for me there. And which, that's what I did, brew a bunch there. Like, I mean, that was like, I think the first recipe I wrote and brewed there was the, uh, Speak of the Devil. So, right. I mean, it definitely was like, oh, we're going to get those stouts, more stouts. Like, I'm like, it's trying to find a balance for everything, really, Right is the key. This is probably a very big question that we probably shouldn't ask this early in the show, but uh, what gets you excited about beer now? Like, you know, it was 
you know, when when you started at Listerman, it was a very different uh, a, a different community, a different industry, a different uh, everything was very different than it is today. And opening up now is a very different ball game than if you were opening in uh, you know 2017, 2018. Like it's the, the industry is just so different. And like I like there are days where like I wake up and I look around and I'm like, oh holy shit! Like there's Sunny D Seltzer on the shelf. <laughs> And it's kind of good, and I kind of <laughs> like it, and I don't know what that means. <laughs> and and then there's other days where I wake up and I'm like, I just you know the like I'm, I'm my fridge is full of German Pilsner, and like I just don't want anything to do with anything that has happened in the last hundred years. <laughs> and so I can't figure out like where I where I sit in this world. But that's now. a great thing now. Like so, we've gotten so lucky nowadays. That the bar from seven years ago has raised so high. If you look back and have the beers seven years ago, I guarantee you the quality was half as good as it is now. Because if you want to succeed, yeah. the beer quality has got to be better. And everybody's not able just to do one or two styles. Most breweries now are be able to like hit five, six, seven styles now to where they couldn't before. So I think the quality of beer is what probably I'm the most excited about. Because I think quality of the average beer has gone up dramatically. And it makes you be you have to be better because it makes you push yourself to brew the best beer you can. Because if you're not putting out great beer, I mean, you'll be open for a while, but I mean, you're not going to crush it like you want to. And like, I want to be the best, obviously. I mean, I want to put out the best beer in town. I want to be known for that. And I'll, what kind uh, of connection do, do you feel in the back in the brewery to the front up here of like this, this experience? Like how does that, how does that balance work for, for you guys? For me, I've pretty much just stayed in the back and put my head down and just been grinding back there. And I just know I trust my friends to set this up the way that it, I know it is a high-quality area and just it, look is good. It, is it kind of shocking then, though, like when you're back there like sweating your ass off and, and, and making beer, and then you walk up into this and like, oh, oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's a whole different thing up here. I've come in multiple days where, like, because <laughs> – I like to work crazy hours. Like I'll come in at like 4 a.m. and like they'll have just left and like I'm like, this looks nothing like it did the other day. And especially like once we started clearing out everything out of the tap room, you're yeah. like, wow, this this looks great. Like yeah. I'm like, because for a while there it was hard to see because there was just so many things yeah. going on in here. There was a lift in here. There was tools all over all the shit yeah. So I mean, I mean it's very impressive to see what they've done with this tap room. I mean it looks great. It's uh it it's again I get down here to experience it but it is unlike anything else that i've seen uh, definitely in cincinnati but uh pretty well beyond that too like i don't think i've seen many tap rooms that have put the uh the time and attention into the details um it's so cool appreciate that <laughs> so cool uh what about you what gets you excited about uh craft beer today uh and um kind of how do you how do you keep that passion going when again sunny d seltzer <laughs> Well, that's on the a, shelf. Well, no, it's an interesting way to put it because I think that way all the time about not only beer, but, you know, food or, or media or anything you consume over an entire lifetime. It's all going to be cyclical. Yeah. So you're going to have highs and lows about your interest in certain things. Uh, you know, I, I'm pretty much the same as John was saying, where like, you know, I would drink all pastry stouts and all barrel aged whatevers and all, you know, find me some with a wax cap on it, make sure it's overpriced or I don't want it kind of deal for a stretch. 
Uh, I have not shifted into the world of loggers yet like he has, but I do find myself gravitating towards sort of a less, uh, not less intense maybe for lack of a better word, uh, you know, beers more often than I consciously have right. for a long time. Um, so I guess the little bit of excitement that lasts for me is, is number one, always finding something completely new, like especially now. You know, when you've had, I don't know how many thousands of beers checked and untapped or however you like to track your progress in, in that realm. But you go somewhere and you just say, like, I've never seen that. I've never heard of that. Even if it's terrible. Right. I'm still pumped to find it and be like, okay, somebody bothered to do this? Yeah, give me that for sure. Like, no question. That's right. the first thing I'm going to try, even if it doesn't work out. So I'll always be excited to find something completely novel like that. Um, but on the larger scale, I agree that, like, the the baseline quality is to the point now where it's almost unusual to go to a place and be like, huh, not, not great. You know, you're going to almost to a, to a point, like every one you go into, there's at least something where you're like, Oh, right. nice. That was, I'm glad we, I'm glad we made this stop. I'm glad we checked this out. You know, you've got me thinking very differently now about how, uh, you know, you talk about how you know, you've you haven't been uh, super into the loggers and things like that, but, no. but you know it's a super old style mm -hmm. that uh, kind of kickstarted the modern age of what beer is, and in kind of that same realm, you know some of the uh, some of the writing, some of the books, some of the novels that this whole theme comes from, or some of those they're old like they've yeah. been around for a very long time that a lot of people haven't really dove into like i think there is some kind of a parallel there of people coming into this you know for the beer and then kind of um getting sucked into some kind of um experience either through uh through books or some kind of media mm -hmm. you know the movies are okay i guess but uh <laughs> you know like getting kind of pulled into this other direction that kind of gets you excited about something that uh, has been happening for a very long time that you just kind of didn't notice like yeah. this this parallel between the the beer and the um the, the the stories that kind of fuel all of this are interesting to me yeah I, it's I like, like there's it. always something new to discover whether it's actually new or just new to you whether if, it's beer if or... i'm gonna read uh either the lord of the rings series mm -hmm. or the hobbit series first which one do i go oh, the hobbit it's for okay. children all right well, I'm, I'm so gonna you're gonna want to hit up that one because it was written for kids and you'll breeze through it in three perfect hours. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll either get hooked or you'll be like huh all right okay but like that's definitely it's well, also chronologically earlier i'm gonna i'm gonna make it a, a point to uh to dive into some some reading here this summer and uh, make yeah, it happen give that a swing if you need a copy i think there's probably one in the bookshelf <laughs> I'm, I, I'm pretty sure i have a copy somewhere in uh in in my office that has just been like teasing me from a bookshelf mm -hmm. um what's next uh next one is a orange creamsicle milkshake oh uh, yeah so okay, so Milkshake beers are not at all kind of my wheelhouse. However, when you say orange creamsicle, it might be. <laughs> um, so Hops uh, Citra Eldorado. I went with that just because Eldorado always gives me a candiness anyways. And Citra goes with the orange creamsicle idea really well. And there's a healthy amount of vanilla also in there. Oh, dear God, that's good. <laughs> IPA of the Beholder. Mm -hmm. Oh man, that's fantastic! Appreciate it. Yeah, we've had very good response about yeah, that have. one so far. Just yeah, a lot everybody really, there. really digging oh, that my one. God, that's good because yeah. it's not over the top on the orange creamsicle thing. Like, yeah. It's still a beer first, right? And I, I made sure, like, 
I'm not a big lactose fan. Uh, so it's not crazy heavy on the lactose, but there is some in there just yeah. to be true to style. So it's, it's still an approachable beer. It's nothing like crazy over the top, but it hits all the points that it needs to for a milkshake. Oh, man, and that's a little bit more. Good. You get the, there's a, there is a flavor experience that I have not figured out a good word for yet, um, but it's the burp taste. So, like, after you drink something, that little burp comes up afterwards. There's a whole different set of flavors that come, um, and it's really good. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I like that a lot. Again, not my go-to style. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, uh, if you give me, like, six months and I walk in here, I'm probably not ordering because I'll forget that it was so good. So you have to, like, make me order it sometimes. you got to find a way to, like, force me to do it um, because I, I really, really like that. I appreciate it. Thank how, you very much. How do you do that? How do you, how do you get people to kind of branch out of their comfort zone um, uh, in something? Because you guys do have a very wide spectrum of, of things on tap. So I'll say, luckily, we have probably – I mean, I had one guy to work pick to work with here. It was Jimmy. Like he was a great bartender He's and a great right. tapper manager, <laughs> and he knows how to like kind of like people like talk to people and get them to help them choose what beer is best for them. So I think it's really a lot of it goes back to the uh, bartender that you have, and they're very good at steering people to the correct beer for them and having them try new beers. Because that's uh, I fall into this this trap sometimes of either. You know, uh, the complete one end of the spectrum of I need to try the next thing I haven't had before and I don't care about anything else or I want what I know I love and I don't care about anything else. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> like yeah. you, you get these comfort zones. And I think that uh, uh, this side of the um, I know what I like and I just want to drink that. Um, is really easy to kind of settle into and you walk in and you get overwhelmed and uh, beer styles sound confusing. Uh, you, you know, there, there's a lot of people I know that if you say uh, milkshake IPA, that sounds very strange and very confusing and uh, lager. Mm-hmm. I want the lager. Yeah. <laughs> and how do you, how do you get people to like get out of that shell and kind of uh, be willing to, um, experience something. And I think that goes for a bigger thing of this whole picture of yeah. all of this. How do you get people to be willing to like, uh, you guys have, have gotten a name of being a fantasy brewery, Yeah. which again, we'll, we'll throw the nerd word out there. It scares people. Mm-hmm. Like they're like, Oh, fantasy. I, I went to the Renaissance festival and there were people and they were weird and I didn't, I was, sure. I was uncomfortable and I felt out of place and I don't want that. How do you get people to kind of be willing to be out of place for a minute? Yeah, I think part of that remains to be seen, truly. But uh, my experience is that a lot of it's just education as far as the beer in particular. I like to say you try to convert Bud Light drinkers into craft beer drinkers and craft beer drinkers into better beer drinkers. Are are there still Bud Light drinkers? I think that's uh, (laughs) Are there? There sure are. I know just so many. But that's, and a lot of it is education where, you know, people say, quote, I don't like beer. I hear that all the time, you know, from people I talk to about it. They're like, oh, God, I don't like beer. I'm like, okay, what's your definition of beer? Well, Bud Light, Miller Light, Coors Light. Okay, yeah. okay. So American domestic lagers or Pilsner in that case. But say, okay, we've got something reminiscent of yeah. that. You just told me you don't like that. No problem. I got 22 other things that are nothing like that. So, let me start you with a flight of these and you kind of graduate them up and try to just, you yeah. know, sit with them, and explain, Hey, this, some of it's nomenclature, you know, like you're saying, milkshake IPA is a term that might scare people off. Sour is one that's always problematic because oh, yeah. people say, Oh, like a warhead. I'm like, no, no. And I can understand completely how you get there. But I say it's, do you like Kool-Aid? 
you like getting drunk? You're all set. Like, so, you know, you kind of find a way to communicate like to those them. things. Yeah, so you're going to love these Berliners and these Sours. And, you know, so I try to, you know, kind of figure out what the the sort of uh, entry point is that they're, the perspective they're coming from. What do they know about what it is they want in the first place? Because so much of it is is just never been available to them yeah. or they've just never explored it before or whatever the case may be. And you try to, you know, give them a nice spread of the different options available to them. You know, so you're going to like this. Here's five more like it. You're going to like this. We'll have another one in six months or whatever and kind of get them uh, on board that way. And in terms of that same mentality sort of for the space, that, uh, you know, I think you just got to, you, you got to know that we're regular people who open a regular business that just happened to like some storybooks that you probably also like. So it's, you know, <laughs> how, how people push that branding and, and their own various articles or what have you, you know, uh, the message is always just, we're trying to make something that, that you remember. Yeah. And so it's in no way anything exclusionary to anyone. In fact, it's quite the opposite. If you like something, there's probably something here for you to like. I, I like that description. I, I still have not written my article about your grand opening. Hopefully it'll post hopefully this week. <laughs> and uh, I, I've been struggling trying to figure out how to, how to put it into words mm-hmm. to get people to understand what it is. Um, because I feel like people just jump on these, um, these ideas that are, that are flashy and that yeah, are easy familiar. To kind of, they always say Lord of the Rings and Dungeons and Dragons first. And I go, that's a subtext to it for sure. But you know, we're not partnered with new line cinema. We're not, you know, yes. we're not coming at you with <laughs> Elijah was not going to be here. So, you know, it's just more, this is what we were able to kind of make. He might be, you he, don't know that. I mean, you cannot you know, promise that. Not turn him away. <laughs> but, but this, uh, you know, the, this publishes after the grand opening. It doesn't help us. But he might be here. Be he might be here the week after. We don't know day. that. Yeah. He could be here know, any day. <laughs> but it's that same. You know, I, I you know, want to stress to people: it, it is not something that is uh, thematic to a fault. Its intention is not to be exclusionary to people who are not part of this theme. It's, you don't it's just like when you walk up to the bar. If you don't say, "I'd like ye old ale," like if you I'm don't gonna, say I'm that, make you leave. There's a coin flip chance. It's a. You don't have to. You don't have to. You don't have to care no. about the fantasy Not and the the fable side of this. No. It still is a brewery. It's still a tap room. It's yeah. still all of those that's things right. that make you feel comfortable. Yeah, that's uh, exactly the objective to make you feel comfortable and make you go, huh? Look at that. <laughs> Vice versa. Let's uh, go to the flip side of that. If you are super super. Um, Again, here's the uh, the drinking game. I said it again. Uh, if you're super nerdy about kind of the fantasy side yeah. and all of that, are you guys going to kind of cater to that over time? You're going to find ways to kind of uh, in- invite that uh, community into this and right. give them their space that like, holy shit, we've got a brewery that is us. So that we've already had a number of people reach out with that exact question. You guys are going to have beer we've on tap at the Renaissance Festival at some point, right? Someone's asked about that as well. Uh, those are, and so, you know, as a business owner, I want to always say, I'm not going to turn down any opportunity until I know it's not a good one. Um, and so for people asking about that now, what we always say is, we're not sure yet because we want to be open for long enough to have any semblance. Yeah. Keep in mind when you're listening to this, they're not open yet. <laughs> so we don't know if day one is 50 people or 500 people, or, you know, we have no expectation. It's impossible to gauge. Uh, I'm cautiously optimistic given the level of interest we've had that we're, we're going to have a good crowd, but uh, by the same token, we don't want to necessarily um, book out our schedule for sure. all sorts of events and dedicated things until we have a better grasp on that. But long-term, um, 
you know, I think it would make sense to have partnerships with groups like that for dedicated events that say, you know, hey, whatever, Thursday from this hour, it's such and such evening, or, you know, you get uh, a corner off a segment for a group who wants to play games or whatever the case may right. be. Um, it's just the balancing act, which we, we're, we're not expecting, nor are we uh, pushing for, you know, a completely costumed uh, clientele at all times. But at the same time, if those people want a space that they feel, you know, connected to, then I think over time we'll try to make that connection for Every them. Every time I go to a brewery, I'm dressed up like a gnome, so <laughs> I get that. <laughs> I'm always in costume. It's not true, guys. You can see the video. You can get on YouTube. Uh, next beer, number nine. This looks uh, it's very be, fruity. Yeah, it's... Uh, Raspberry, blackberry, and vanilla. Okay. So that was kind of just a round out. It, like trying to stay away from a little bit sweeter, just using that vanilla to kind of round that out just a little bit. But big time fruit and also just really crushable for this time, of, especially on a day like today when it's. I mean, it's mm-hmm. definitely real fruit. It is, there, there's fruit in there. Oh, like yeah. It's, um, for sure. The witching sour. Witching sour, what I said. Which, no, no. Oh, you didn't say it at okay. all. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Just a good name. Yeah. Um, it's good. Uh, it's actually really good. The silence is me drinking. <laughs> How does, um, cause this is tart, but this is not like, um, it's not an urban artifact sour, right? Trying to control the pH to where the level of acidity is at a good point and knowing like what f- the f- pH of the fruit is versus what your base beer is. And then also using the vanilla to kind of help round all that out is what goes into making a beer like that. Just to, cause you, I want it to be an approachable sour for this time of year to so where people can order a pint of it if they want to and go outside and sit and lean back and have crush you the whole seen, thing. Have you seen like an expectation from drinkers when they walk in and they, they see that style like are they expecting a over-the-top kind of big sour punchy in the face kind of kind of beer or are they expecting something that's light like a berliner like what is the i think uh, it's a it's a balancing act of giving them trying to give them all of like just not an all one beer obviously but just like having multiple sours on that are different styles even though they're all sours just having some that are the smoothie having, having full some spectrum. yeah having some that are just Nice Berliner, lightly fruited, crushable. That was supposed to be lightly fruited. Might have <laughs> fruited a little more aggressively yeah, than the fruit's great. Yeah. Like I, I, this is one of those beers that like I would be a like if I saw somebody order it and I uh, looked up there, I would kind of if it was kind of later in the evening, I'm like, oh man, I can't. I don't know if I can order that because I, you know, I'm going to bed after I get home. I'm not, I don't want the heartburn. I don't want. I, you know, like you get, you start to get worried about yeah. what that style means now. Like you yeah. can't, oh, yeah. can't understand where it sits in this bigger spectrum. This is perfect. Appreciate it. Thank you. It's yeah. a great beer. Thank you. I think it's probably another branding or terminology distinction also where, you know, if we're putting it up there and calling it a Berliner, I think we're intending yeah, for, uh, to be similar to this versus if we might call it a smoothie sour or then they're going to be even like or, the thicker to where it's just going to be. You only probably want right. a four ounce pour of that for this. I think is something somebody could sit back and drink a yeah. pint of. No, that's great, and like it kind of fits into that kind of that feeling here too. Like you know the the fruit and the um, you know the enchanted forest, and like it just it kind of all fits in very perfectly to the um, the feeling that I expect when I walk in the door. Mm. 
I kind of love this place, guys. I'm not gonna lie. Well, I like, appreciate I, it. This well, makes me really happy. Yeah. Uh, I just, uh, I just wish it was closer to home. <laughs> no, well, can't do a lot on that front, sadly. We, we need you guys to start. Get you a shuttle service. We need you to start planning right now for location two because well, that would be <laughs> delightful. Um, Let's talk about the future a little bit, and I know that that's kind of a, a, a stupid thing to talk about when you guys haven't opened your doors yet, but uh, how how big is too big for you guys? Because, uh, I, you know, at one time, the idea of success in craft beer was you, you grow to a certain point, and you go distribution, and you right. try to go regional, and you try to yeah. do this, and you... Uh, and that... We, I think we all understand that that's not the right way to do things now like you can't mm-hmm. be rangeist nobody can be rangeist rangeist is lucky to be rangeist but uh there is a point where uh, you, big is good but too big is not yeah like what is that point for you guys right now and i you know sure fully understanding that this will change and evolve but no it, it, you're hitting on a lot of the points that i brought up myself where it might not even be a measure of uh success as much as what's the measure of failing in the way that you know, we have that's we have a, no that's a great we, way we have no designs to be a Braxton Madry Ryan guys level regional store shelves Kroger. I mean, you we know, don't plan not, on hitting store shelves. I no mean. distro at all in that sense, but whatsoever. And you know, sort of, it's like the avoidance of that in one way is a metric mm. of success. That if we are able to sell through and make our our uh, quotas or what have you with this location on premise only, that's what we want. Yeah, right. And then if that somehow if we're running out of beer or, you know, if we hit a point where either our system's too small or our space is too small, you know, then it becomes a question of, all right, is there a next step in terms of evolving? I mean, here, the, the reality of, of expanding this literal location is probably small uh, just by virtue of the way it's laid out um, and what's, you know, here. So realistically, you might talk about a separate location, whether that's on the Ohio side or a different type of vibe entirely, like a, a lot of places will do sort of an event center farmhouse kind of deal. It's impossible to say, honestly, but I think the point that we've all agreed to, at least here at the onset, is you know we want to be here on site right. all the time. Come to us, get the experience, be here, yeah. and go from there. Well, I mean, I think the experience is... Uh, at least fifty percent of what what this place um, kind of thrives on, you know. The again, beer is expected these days, and like it has to be good. But the experience is what separates kind of this middle tier of, mm-hmm. of breweries from the next tier. And um, you guys, clearly from where I'm sitting, have the experience nailed. Um, but as you Thank grow. You that's the difficult part to, yeah. Uh, yeah. To, to grow with it. Oh, absolutely. Cause you don't want to lose that. If you do open a second place or if you expand or whatever, you don't want to lose sort of what you're known for. Your yeah. Niche. But yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. Even putting a beer like, on tap somewhere or on a shelf somewhere. Um, it, you don't have any of this yeah. to kind of yeah. give it its personality and give it that other thing. All that experience is what we pretty much made this place based on. Yeah. And it starts with the beer goes to the tap room, goes with who you see, like the, dealing with people at the bar or yeah. bartenders and stuff like that we all want to have high end and just we want you to have a great time while you're here yeah. and the quality like the beer itself like you're saying you know there there is a standard and we want to still exceed that standard all the time and part of that control 
is, you know, when you're distributing, even if you distribute to a nearby bar, or yeah. you don't have complete control over no, the product nah. then being served with your I've, name on it. So. I've had great beers at bars that were terrible because of <laughs> yeah. things outside of their exactly. control. <laughs> and, and when you're our size and when our purpose is, hey, we want you to have a really top tier experience with the product all the time, you don't want to lose that aspect either where yeah. you can control it. You want to say, look, if something's wrong with it, we'll take care of it. But, you know, we're in charge of that. Uh, you you mentioned you mentioned the measure of success. Um, uh, what is the measure of success for for you guys? Like what when you when you walk in and you're you're shooting for something, um, what is that thing that you can look at that you'd be like, oh, you, we're good. Like I like this is what I wanted it to be. Mm -hmm. This is uh, quote unquote successful. I'd say for me, ignoring the practical implications yeah, yeah, of that question, gotta, gotta obviously bills. <laughs> there's bills to, to take care of, and that would be just the best. But beyond that, uh, it's definitely, well, like I said before, I like when people say, I've never seen that before. And I've heard that a couple of times for people who pop in and say, wow, I've never seen that. And I'm like, that's, that's a, a really simple kind of feedback that uh, resonates with me. But, you know, consistently positive feedback for people who you can just kind of see it on people in a way. I don't want to equate it necessarily to like a, an amusement park or like a, right. a Universal Studios, but like you can see when people are genuinely enjoying themselves. And yeah. so more people than not genuinely enjoying themselves all the time is a simple metric I'm going to me, look for. I think becoming like a destination though would be like, I mean, that's like a, there's so many breweries that we've traveled to just yeah. to literally go to breweries and uh, have people like travel and do what we do and still you yeah. know, used to do and still do. Like that's kind of like the thing like, come to Cincinnati, I need to make sure I'm yeah, checking out Fabled. Point. Like, yeah. that's something like, like, or people just literally coming to make a trip just to try our beer. I mean, that's like the type of thing, like, gets me excited. Like, I'm like, and it'll take some time, but like, we're already planning on pouring at some beer festivals in this upcoming year. So get our name out there and just hopefully keep growing. The brand Yeah, is the big thing. And just getting our name out there to where people know about us. Cause we're, I mean, we haven't even been out yet, so I mean, it's nobody knows. People know, but uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what's so crazy is like it's still like for for a long time there were a lot of people that were like, oh man, we're done, right? Like we're saturated, like nobody cares about breweries anymore. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know that that's true. And like I like this year has proven that like it is definitely not true. There are, there are projects happening, oh, you, know, yeah. you guys, and there are a couple other ones that like are coming online that i'm like ah, people care like people are still excited about new breweries that bring something different to all of this that give them some kind of experience that gets them excited and, um you guys are definitely doing that and that's uh that's something that a lot of people thought couldn't happen anymore and yeah and it's you, it, it's, it still is like that's that's fun yeah i think it helps too we're in uh, someone gave me the term beer desert and it rings very true like a food desert if you look at the map here oh yeah we're there really is one from the craft beer perspective. There's not a lot uh, geographically close to us here. And so we'll be serving, you know, depending on your, uh, the way you kind of distribute the cities, maybe up to four different, at least communities, yeah. you know, here that didn't have uh, an yeah. option to go to. So it's, and it's not, I mean, we're easy to get to, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah. Major it's, highways, it's super yeah. easy to get to. Like that's, uh, you know, even from my house and I, I live, you know, I'm, I'm in Butler County. I'm in the okay. upper reaches of what Cincinnati is. It's not that long to get here, you know, depending on traffic and what sure. time of day That's you're traveling. Fair, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it is, I think it takes me about 40 minutes okay. to get here, um, which doesn't make sense when you look at it from how long it takes me to get to other places sometimes. But like, it's, 
it's an easy drive to get here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so like, it's not, it's not crazy. It's not far right off the highway. Um, you still have to, if you're coming from my part of the town, you, <laughs> you still have to deal with cutting the hill, but like, I'm uh, no, sure. Figure, figure yeah. that out. <laughs> Work your way around it. <laughs> um, let's drink another beer. All right. Um, am I going this one first or am I going uh, this one first? Let's do that okay. one. That's now this is actually going to be our mead. It's oh. going to be a session mead. Oh, that starts a whole other conversation. Yeah, right? yeah. Session so, mead. Session mead. Uh, Pina colada inspired session mead. What's the ABV of your six, session mead? Six six point nine, I believe. Six point nine. Yes. Even uh, what's the no, I what's the name? I gave everything is sessionable. Yeah. Yeah. So our meads are branded. I'm going to call him our meter because I don't know the appropriate term for a brewer who makes mead, which I should, but. Uh, he is naming uh, all of his after um, either Prohibition uh, era bootleggers or various other ne'er do wells of that time period. So this one is called Bugsy. Um, that's really good because it's not. It, it, you say pina colada, you expect over the top pina colada. We, we've had a lot of seltzers. We we you know we right. we expect this kind of smack you in the face artificial thing. Uh, this comes front and center with the honey, um, which is what meat is supposed to start with. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and then all of the other things come in afterwards, and it still is pina colada, but, um, man, that's good. Yeah, this one's I, been popular. Yeah. I needed um, a bunch of this this weekend camping, <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, sitting out in the sun around, you know, uh, the campfire and stuff like this is, um, this is summertime in a glass. Mm-hmm. This is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't know mead very well at all, and um, I want to, and it gets me excited that you guys are kind of pushing into that world uh, heavily. Yeah, we're going to try to have at least, once we get up and running consistently, like have like four mead, like standard meads on, and then a few sessions on pretty much Mm -hmm. as part of our normal rotating tap list. Yeah, Brad Riles is the guy doing our meads. He uh, ran Dysfunctional Delights before, um, and I mean, he would know. He does know, obviously, more than, than yeah, I do about yeah. me. But, um, yeah, I mean, he does really, really great stuff. And we've had a lot of interest in that just because it's such sort of a, an atypical thing to it's see, not, especially in the area. But it also gives a gluten-free option for people yeah. that are in sen- like sens- or sensitive to that. So it, it gives us, again, rounding out the tap list, like we want to be inclusive for everybody. So I mean, that's another thing that gives us one of those options that we in-house make. So I, just, I think there are still so many people that don't understand some of these things. Like there are mm-hmm. people that um, are drinking seltzer because they don't really love beer all that much that something like mead or cider or something like that will probably make them really happy that they just don't know that would make them happy. That's exactly it. Like we were talking about the education aspect earlier. Mead is another huge one where people, the number of times people think I'm saying meat is astounding because I can't imagine what you think I'm selling you in that circumstance. Just a nice ground up. (laughs) Sounds great. Yeah. Gnarly. But, uh, you know, once you explain, hey, it's it's honey wine. Think of it as honey wine. They go, oh, okay, so it's close to wine. You're like, yes, yeah, sort of, kind of. You know, full ones are 15% ish. You're in that same right. kind of ballpark of alcohol, but they're sweeter, they're honey based. And then you say a session mead, cut that all in half, thin it out, lessen the alcohol, up the flavor. And it's very much the people who ask for ciders and seltzers. I'll steer them toward our Berliners and our session meads. And so right. this is kind of your stepping stone yeah. to go from that to that. Because again, you call it beer, you call it mead, whatever. In the end, it's something you're going to like. Right. Yeah, it's definitely great for this time of year. I mean, it's crushable. I mean, I don't see that lasting too long with this time of year. No, I think much of our 
lighter fare is gonna gonna go, especially if the weather holds the way it looks like it's gonna be holding for all weekend. Oh yeah, it's gonna be hot. <laughs> if if you guys can back a session me down to like four percent or so, mm-hmm. it'll go fast. Yeah. Uh, seven is Yeah, it's still pretty big, <laughs> yeah. Just depends on how hard of a session you want to have. <laughs> That's right. Everything could be sessionable. <laughs> um, kind of uh, taking a step back and looking bigger picture at craft beer and kind of where it is. Um, what, what? How do you guys feel about Cincinnati craft beer today? Um, what, what makes you excited about it? What makes you kind of nervous about it? How do, how do you feel about this? Uh, I mean, I see a lot community. of growth, right? A lot of growth right now, which is always great. I mean, you got uh, 16 lots just had their expansion to the second location. You got third eye, I believe still planning on doing an expansion. You got uh high grain expanding also. Um, so you just got a lot of places expanding so that you see there's a lot of need for more craft beer and people still like that. People say that people don't drink craft beer anymore, but there's still, a ton of people going out to breweries drinking and i think as long as we're gonna have rotating food trucks here i think with the rotating food trucks and the beer here it's gonna be easy just to stay nice and busy because i mean for a while like if some of our friends like oh you think it's a good idea to open this right now like craft beer's dead i'm like ah, it's not dead it's just you gotta be able to rise above and then have you have to have food there as an option also to keep people there and i just yeah, so it's that market fluctuation yeah. where, you know, the other the other thing that I think benefits us in the greater Cincinnati area is so many, so much sort of traditional German heritage here. It leans toward traditional German beer. So a lot of places focused on that when they right. open and there's so many places that that helps us stand out a little bit as well. That, you know, we still offer traditional styles and we'll do them very well. But like we've talked about, sort of the, the eclectic nature of the tap list uh, lets us kind of focus in a different area than a lot of people uh have thus far but That's fair. Yeah. I, I agree that you know the like the from the practical standpoint there'll be like auctions that'll come up for equipment you'll look and like oh can i jump on that and get something i'm always thinking oh man how many places are going out of business right now no it's because they're all expanding Expansion, it's because they're yeah. selling off their old small stuff yep. and you're like oh never mind like yeah. i was worried about nothing so i think i think it's all trending positively at the moment Let's let's talk about the food side a little bit because uh, you guys don't have a kitchen. No. Um, rotating food trucks, um, which is a double-edged sword. It's amazing yeah. that yeah. depending on what you like, uh, you can come on different nights and there's different types of food. And it's a constant rotating menu, but you're relying on food trucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I mean. The devil we gotta deal with. I mean, not devil. Like it's just because like they do cancel on us on a Saturday. It's it's also great. Like I love food trucks. I I love that. Like uh, I love that I can come here and have the beer that I uh, love, and one day get uh, dine in Hawaiian with those freaking masabi rolls. Love them. I love the next day get pizza. Love it. Yeah, (laughs) it's just when they do like they do cancel. It's really tough because I mean, for us to like because they do book up so fast there's no chance like if we get a call on a saturday morning we'll be able to get yeah. somebody else to be here for saturday so we're kind of then you're looking you're kind of taking a loss on a saturday there yeah because i mean it's just nature of the beast people if they're drinking yeah. they need food yeah and like obviously if we don't have a food truck that day well people can order food in but it's it's just not the same, it's, not the same. It's, it's so i mean but i think once we develop i mean if once we're open for a while and we develop a good relationship with one of the food trucks probably more than likely we'll just ask them if they hey you just want to park this here five days a week and just 
and then have their guaranteed spot. I mean, that's probably more than likely what I see happening. Yeah. You guys talked a little bit about expansion um, opportunities uh, where you are here. Yeah. Uh, So you're in like a strip mall is not the right word to put it. Industrial complex. Industrial (laughs) complex. There are, what, three businesses Mm -hmm. in this one? In this building, yes. So uh, on one side you have like a... That's we yeah, rock the spectrum. Like a, like a jumping, like it's a, uh, it is a children's gym that caters to uh, kids with developmental disabilities. Okay, uh, primarily but not exclusively. Uh, they do a lot of private parties there. Uh, they're great neighbors. Yeah. Um, other side, the other side, also great neighbors. That's Silver Lake Pallets and Logistics. So they do um, sort of. I think it's resale. Of like, like Amazon, Amazon pallets, overstock, yeah. warehousing, so you know trucks, yeah. truckloads. They've of, been of very great stuff. to us. But there are two other people on either side that maybe, in theory, could, if though, that there might maybe at some point could be expansion opportunities into oh, other spots. Yeah. Possibly, yeah. yeah. I mean, from a. Yeah, the the mechanical side of things. Not that we're expecting sure. either one of them to ever. Right, not in the not near future exist. as it stands. But uh, yeah, I mean the the f- the physical space exists in in concept here for sure. Um, the logistical hurdles to taking advantage of it are sure. high, sure. which is why I say realistically, I don't foresee it going that direction. But it it is a possibility. Yeah. I this I would hate to see this tap room. Uh, experience not get a chance to kind of grow and evolve into yeah. into something bigger uh, we'll leave it at I'm, that <laughs> we'll leave it at I that would, <laughs> I hope that this grows to a point where both of them look at it at one point and be like man this is we gotta help this uh, we'll we'll move somewhere else we'll go across the street <laughs> we'll go somewhere we'll, yeah. we'll figure this out to, to let this place kind of uh, turn into what it can be mm-hmm. we got one more beer what is this one? This is going to be something more what I'm kind of known for. Okay. Coconut, vanilla, Mosher coffee. Uh, nice, thick, 12% stout. Humbaba. Okay. Humbaba is the, the name. Epic gi- the giant from the Epic of Gilgamesh. See? All right, slow down. <laughs> Do what now? He was a giant from the Epic of Gilgamesh, which we were taught in uh, 11th grade mythology. Oh, so shout we? out to Maury. We yeah. were. Yeah. We. Uh, Aaron and I, one of the yeah, other yeah, yeah. and I. I was like, I had no idea. I was like, huh? No, you remember. No, yeah. When we went to high school together. Yeah. <laughs> is that uh, like a almond joy? Very. It's, I mean, it's toasted coconut. It's just like yeah, the that's, that's, uh, that's the yeah. Mm. Oh, oh, that's good. <laughs> the weather outside is not <laughs> uh, appropriate for this beer for me, but my God, it's good. <laughs> So that's it. So you're one of you're the type of person who will drink seasonally. Oh yeah, okay. very seasonal. It's, my wife and I were just talking about um, that and how I, a, I don't get in that boat myself. I would drink. I would drink that, that a ten ounce of that in the scalding heat, not no problem. No, but <laughs> if you if you drop some blinds over the windows yeah. and you like make the clouds like very blue for me mm-hmm. and like just trick you a little bit. And put, everybody puts hats on or something. Okay. Crank the air conditioning up. We uh, can do that. Yeah, I'll drink it. All right, <laughs> well, that's good to know. That's incredible. Yeah, that's it. That, that is a uh, that is beer first. That is a candy bar. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Mm. I love it. Uh, I here's what's again kind of going back to a couple of them. It's hard sometimes when you walk in 
and you have this preconceived bias about beers. And if I see that, I'm probably not ordering it today. And uh, I, I just want to find ways to make people order things that they don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> How do we do that? Well, uh, I was always interested in a promotion of a blind flight where I give you a discount if I ooh. let me pick your beer for you. Oh, I'm all about it. <laughs> so all that's about one, it. one way to do it. I've talked about it a lot on uh, multiple shows about this idea for a bar that I have where you walk in and none of the taps have um, anything about the beer. It just tells mm -hmm. you uh, ABV and then a couple little tasting notes. So uh, nutty and oh, yeah. chocolatey. And that's all you see. Yeah, and that's an mm -hmm. ABV. Um, and you just, you, you don't know what the beer is. It could be from any brewery, could be any kind of different style. It just gives you those little like touch points. And um, I don't think it's legal. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure what the rule is. But see, I'd go one step further if that's me. I wouldn't put anything on there. I'd just give you numbers and I'd give you a 20 sided dice. And I'd be like, roll this and that's your drink. Okay. I like that. I like it. <laughs> just chaos. As much chaos as you can <laughs> sow into a business. Uh, if you guys uh, could tell anybody something that they you think they don't know about Fable Brewworks, what, what, what is that? Hopefully, by the time people listen to this, they already came down for the opening weekend. Right. Um, they elbowed their way to the bar. Let's hope. Drank everything. Yeah, good with that so far. And then Ubered home. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sounds great. That sounds perfect. <laughs> That's a great question. Um, hopefully, we have articulated a great deal about what, what we are. Um, and hopefully, everyone knows everything that they need to know about us. Yeah, we've had some very good... But we some well-written articles about us already posted. So yeah, I would just more of a reminder, I guess, than a than a, a new fact. I guess you know, come down for what hopefully is is the best beer you're going to be able to get in the in this immediate. What what scares you guys? Do you, like do you think people still like just aren't going to show up? Like do you think you're going to open the doors and, and just nobody's going to come? <laughs> so the amount of random people that have already walked in here has been like they're like just but, like oh we're checking out the, like didn't know if you were open I'm like so I mean we've had like I don't think that I, there's actually a realistic like there's so much like talk around here I'm worried a little like too busy I don't want people to have to wait yeah. too long in yeah, line like I mean yeah you like and, and it's not it's, <laughs> I think you're gonna get your ass kicked I, 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 like, like, I, I think if it's I gonna have be a too choice busy. between well staring yes. at the blank wall and getting my ass kicked I'll take yeah. that but I like a happy medium to where people just stagger all day you know <laughs> sure, that'd be sure. that'd be a perfect world you know <laughs> gentle world <laughs> yeah. but no I think. I, like I keep saying, I just, I could believe anything. If you tell me we have eight people or, or we have 800 people, I'll say, yeah, sure. It's possible. I, yeah. It's just, I have no realistic expectation, but I have certainly have a hope that it is a, a large yeah. contingent, that it is something that we can handle. Yeah. <laughs> That's the biggest thing. But yeah. I mean, if it does go the other direction to where it is uh, insanely overwhelmed, I mean, we have some contingencies to try to kind of, you know, seat some more people and keep every, everything flowing, but you know, if we could kick like six taps, I'd be pretty. Six pumped. taps or just six kegs? Taps. I mean, we got backup kegs for these, bud. No, I want to kick the full tap. Oh man, we're a couple we're, beers. We're, that's <laughs> just a few. We got twenty some. We can I'll, handle I'll, kicking six. Like, <laughs> <laughs> giving him stress now. <laughs> what about uh, kind of bigger picture for Cincinnati beer? Uh, how do you guys? Where do you think you sit in the? Uh, the long-term picture of Cincinnati beer. Do you think that uh, this is the, um, uh, the kind of the the crest of things, and then from here on out, it's just places where 
replacing things that close or do you think that there is still room for growth uh, so I think there's room for like neighborhood bar type things like I mean look at like Brink stuff like that you yep. have that small like niche area to where it's like and people can just walk right there a lot of like their community comes from just actually people walking there so I mean I think there's room for that people just have to find that and it's like narrow path too like they're just in, like find a nice location where people can get to you very easily and I mean my biggest thing is like just staying small uh, if you want to know more about Fabled Brew Works, how do they uh, you get can, it? You can, we have our own website, which is at fabledbrewworks.beer currently. Dot beer. Dot beer. Fancy. Thank you. Uh, and we're on Facebook, Instagram, uh, untapped, all at Fabled Brew Works, all lowercase, all one string. And as of listening to this, they're open. Come down here. What's the address? 331 Kenton Lands Road, Suite 300, Erlanger, Kentucky, 41018. We'll put links in the show notes. Yeah. I promise I'll put them in the show notes. I know people give me shit when I forget to put things in there. They will be in there. Um, get down here. Have a drink. Uh, seriously, the beer is great. Um, the space is insane. Like, it's 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 a leap above what you expect from a tap room. So um, get down here. Have a beer. Um, ask ask your bartender about ducks because hopefully <laughs> Jimmy Longbottom Bird Ranch. Words. Jimmy Longbottom Bird Ranch. Hopefully they can tell you more about ducks. <laughs> <laughs> Save a duck. <laughs> uh, we'll be back next week. I don't know who we're talking to, uh, but it'll be a good show. Uh, thank you guys very much for sitting down with me. Uh, good luck this weekend in real time. Um, you guys will know if uh, if you walk in here and it's just a pile of people crying and sobbing to themselves. It was it was more than they expected. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully things work out the best. Um, if you want to support the show, go to thenarlygnome.com slash support. Uh, it helps, makes my wife happy, and that's what uh, hopefully all of us want to do. 